Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with some wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. This is it. <laughs> right. Hey, and welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. This is Man Up Podcast number 122. Hard to believe. And we're so glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! If you're in rain, you're probably pretty close to where we are. Fine Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at and you know this is coastal weather and we're in the rainy season so <clears throat> get your umbrellas out come on in out of the rain this is spiritual oasis for men we're not pastors we're just regular guys and this is the no church answers tours that's what we do what we do is my name is bill cox and i'm the host i'm also the director of man up ABF, or Adult Bible Fellowship, commonly known as the Sunday School class. And what we do is we go through lessons, we talk it out as men. I also have a couple of other people that are either in our class or come in from other classes, and we do this podcast. And what we do is we dive in a little bit deeper, because in this climate that we have, we don't have the opportunity to have these kind of spiritual discussions. And I'm fairly certain that there's many of you out there, and so many people have been writing comments to me, and thank you so much, that this, you have some of the same questions that we have too, and that's why we call this the No Church Answers Tour. And we have some great guys that are here today. I want to acknowledge a couple that are out. Mr. Robert Koshu, we call him the professor, he is... President-elect, I don't know if we can say this, or but of a very prestigious training association. So we'll just go ahead and put that teaser out there, and uh, and they're and they're feeding him tonight at the banquet. So uh, pretty solid. Hope, hopefully they biggie size his meal. <laughs> you know, and Kyle Trahan is out apparently. Uh, his wife uh, uh, shortened the leash tonight, so... so mean. But got it in there anyway. That's right. We love them both, so uh, we're glad they're here. But, and, but the people that are here, want to introduce them as well. And I'm just going to go around the room, and he is a world-class policy writer. You've heard him many times here before. He's also a bit of a professional gambler. He's Mr. Steve Titch, and he's here. We also have an attorney. He's here many times, and he's back from his restful cruise to Alaska. Uh, he's also a prosecutor, and that's uh, we call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. He's here as well. Hi, everyone. What we do is we go through the scripture lesson, and we are in... The Connect 360, and if you've been following us through our previous 121 podcasts, sometimes we, we've used texts like a, a John Maxwell text, a lot of times we use this Baptist Way Press text, and that's what we're in now. 
We finished up the study of David, which was uh, about 14 uh, lessons. And this is, we're in our fourth one. And this is of the Connect 360. And this is pillars. And what we're talking about is the Ten Commandments. And we're going through that study as well. And the format for this particular podcast, if you're new to us, is since we're men, we understand that men have a limited amount of time. And so we designed this for men in that what we do is we go around, we give a brief overview of the lesson, and also we, we you know bring up some old business or maybe some corrections that we had from the previous podcast first. And then we go into the scripture, and then we have a deeper discussion because we understand that sometimes not every lesson speaks to everybody because we're men and we let you go ahead and decide. But we also know that some of you out there are going to identify with one of the personalities here more than the other. So in addition to names and professions, we also talk about each other's passions. So you may identify with one or more of the personalities that are here. You can find us on iTunes. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up. We have a website at manupspiritualoasis.com. And we're also on iHeartRadio. So you can go ahead and share the love, spread it around to the people that you know that, that are on a faith journey just like us here. And maybe you are out there. And I consider these guys not only kind of like my mentors, but also people that are going along their own personal faith journey as well. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and go around the room and have not only a brief overview of this lesson, but, you know, any kind of correction or clarification of what we went through previously. And so I'm going to go ahead and start out with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. OMG, we're not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. Oh, yeah. That's interesting discussion coming up. I did, in, in the realm of correction or, or review, I did want to bring something up. Larry Post, uh, he, he might Pastor. Come, Pastor Larry Post. He may yet come in. He was down, he was down in the men's uh, Bible study lesson uh, earlier tonight. Uh, but we were having a discussion last week. We were talking about idols. And um, it came up whether, whether or not the, the, the Catholic Church cut one of the commandments out, and that's not true. I'm, I, am an, I, I grew up in the Catholic faith, uh, but I did some checking on that, and, and I, the safest thing to say is that in the Bible, the commandments are not enumerated. There is no edition of the Bible where it says, one, I am the Lord your God, two, you, sh you, you shall not make for yourself an idol, 
three, you should not misuse the name, and so on. So men, so, did, that. men did that. We yes, did, we yeah, did I mean, that. We, the, the ten, in fact, scholars say if you really you know, start parsing things, you can get anywhere between nine and 13 commandments out of this. Um, but ten is a nice round. What about the order of them? What about the order of them? Well, no, the order, the order is pretty much as it comes. It's there. But but what what, what I want to get to to fairly quickly, um, it, it, the Catholic Church folds the folds uh, the I am the Lord your God. What what the Protestant sees as the first two. The, church, the Catholic Church folds into one as the first commandment. So so the idolatry aspect is part of the first commandment. That was I, I was taught that. I, I can speak for personal experience. You will see that in Catholic churches they'll have uh, the two tablets of Moses. They'll have three, you know, one, two, three, the numerals one, two, three on one tablet, four through ten on the other. Those first three are the, the God commandments, the vertical right. commandments, and they include they include what would be in the Protestant church. Well, I don't mean to in the Baptist church. I don't know exactly what all right. denominations do. What we cover as the as the first four now, but that's and 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 in return the Catholics split what what Baptists look at as the tenth as the ninth and tenth commandment. Uh, what Baptists view as the tenth commandment. Um, which is the general, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, wife, manservant, or property, essentially. Uh, the Catholic Church divides into two. You shall not cover your, covet your neighbor's wife, being number nine. You shall not cover, covet your neighbor's house or goods or, or, or property, being the tenth. So, so, there are st uh, so bottom line, the, the Cath Catholics, Catholics worship or they believe all ten, the same Ten Commandments, the same scripture, uh, Exodus 20, you know, verse 1 through 17. There's nothing edited in the so-called, there is no Catholic Bible. There's nothing edited. Uh, the idolatry okay. commandment stands. Um, that's, that's all I'm saying. I'm, and sorry, and, and, and I'm sorry Larry isn't here at, at this point. Um, he did not really actually say that, for, but but that's really that's really what it comes down to is how how the commandments are enumerated, not what's uh, not what was left. Oh, I didn't know out. that. I didn't. I, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't realize that. So, so. Oh, interesting. And uh, judge, you yes. like to just kind of give us a roadmap about of how yeah, we got to this one. I mean, all right, real quick. We we are in lesson number four, folks. Uh, usually, Bill brings it up. We are in Pillars, uh, Connect 360 series from the Baptist White Press. And uh, we are on the fourth lesson, which Bill, in fact, uh, presented to our class this past Sunday morning. Now, if you've been with us, folks, you'll know the first lesson we covered about three weeks ago, uh, maybe four weeks ago, was all about the Ten Commandments, a brief overview of all of them, as uh, Steve had just talked about. And, in fact, we looked at the first three or four commandments being commandments that that identify a relationship with God and the the following five or six depending on which <laughs> what, how, you, how it's presented to you our relationship with each other uh, the second the second lesson we covered was uh, the first commandment itself in detail and that's you shall have no other gods before me um, see, I think I made another note here and uh, in that particular lesson we 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 presented some information or, or our views, I guess, about our gods may not be religious idols, 
but we may have cultural ideals to which we give our allegiances, such as materialism, recreation, vacations, and pleasures. And uh, we may place our faith in morality, religion, science, politics, human ingenuity, some attempt to escape the cares of the world through obsessions with social media, television, drugs, or alcohol. This was, uh, this was some lines that came from the, uh, lessons co uh, the author's comment on the lesson. And folks, the way I, I read that, I don't think I was here for that particular lesson, but, but we must be careful that we do not put something in front of the Lord or we do not... Uh, do something that does not honor him. And we're going to cover that, I think, more today right. in today's lesson. Uh, the third lesson was, folks, don't make an idol uh, that will take the place of the Lord uh, in the uh, things that might be in the air, birds, eagles, stars, whatever it is. You used to worship the stars and the Pleiades and all the different uh, formations. Then on the land, um, and, or in the ocean, that was our last our lesson last week, and then this week we're on don't take the Lord's, Lord's name in vain. Now, I, I want to take just one moment and, and uh, share with you, when I was getting ready to come to, to the uh, podcast tonight, I was going out to my truck to get in it, and I had my umbrella in my hand. I had my books in the other hand, which I normally bring to the podcast. And uh, as I got to the door in my truck, it started raining real hard. I didn't have my umbrella open because it wasn't raining, right? So I locked the door as quick as I could, and I went to shove my umbrella inside the truck, and it popped open. Ah, uh, <laughs> nice. And I've got my books getting right. pointed the other arm. Folks, I thought some bad words. <laughs> right. Now I didn't say them. I didn't say them. We may talk about that later. If you think bad thoughts, have you have you committed a sin against God? I, I don't think so. Depending, it's really on what your heart thinks. But I I thought I had gotten rid of all those bad words when I gave my Lord, my life to the Lord many many years ago, and practiced not speaking those words. But it's amazing how some of these little unusual words can pop up that can. Concern God, right? Anyway, right. Especially here at today's standards. <laughs> but no question about anyway, it. So I just wanted to share that with you. So today's lesson is, and Bill's going to read the long scripture text in just a moment. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. But it does pop into your mind. It may pop mm -hmm. in your mind. It has popped in my mind when my, when I hit my thumb with a hammer, also, or slam my door on it. Anyway. Right. And um, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. <clears throat> so take a deep breath. <laughs> Exodus 27 you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain <clears throat> I brought up a uh, this kind of reminds me of what my mother uh, once said she was a uh, she's a obviously I was raised on a farm and she was a quiet, but she was uh, she was a trained uh, musician and chemist. And but she loved my dad. She never really wanted to live on a farm, but she did. She was a a real petite and quiet woman. And uh, <clears throat> one time we had a neighbor who could not carry on a regular conversation without peppering it with 
vulgarities mm -hmm. and GD in it all the time. And he was a neighbor, so it's not like you could avoid him. You had to interact with him. And I was a young tyke. And uh, he was talking to my mother about something, and she was just letting him talk. He turned and walked away, and she said to me, Bill, profanity is the forceful way a weak mind expresses itself. And I never forgot that. And th it, this particular lesson just reminds me of that. People having temporary difficulties are more apt to use the Lord's name in vain as if they're summoning ultimate power to handle their distress instead of handling it themselves and recognizing that the Lord is to be praised and not to be thought of as the cosmic policeman that's going to take care of your problems. It's almost as if you're taking a shotgun to hunt grasshoppers. You don't need it. The problem should be handled by you. And so that uh, that's just my initial observation about this particular lesson. And just, and my, my mother's passed now, it's been a couple of years, just bringing that story up. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I really kind of was a mama's amazing. boy. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting point. I mean, the, the, there's a subhead here tr that, that part of this is trivializing God's name. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. Did, okay. did you look, did you work a definition on vain? As in, as in what's, what, what, what he meant by vain. And I think in this instance, it's like for no reason at all. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's nothingness or anything. Mm -hmm. but I, and then I think of myself, when you mm -hmm. say take the Lord's name in vain, what do you think mm -hmm. of? I think of degrading God, treating him like a cesspool, or his mm -hmm. name like a cesspool, right. and grinding it in the dirt. That's mm -hmm. not necessarily what the dictionary definition is. And certainly our writer says, like you said, it's nothingness, or, or it's expressing vanity. Well, vanity, of course, is vain. Uh, emptiness or nothingness is what the, the author refers to. But my own opinion, just listen the way people use it, like you said, Bill, is it's, it's degrading God's name. It's treating it like cesspool, slum, or even filth or feces. To me, that's the way it is when people use his name in vain, uh, depending on the situation. But... You're looking at me. I I, I agree. I, I think it's well. It's it's certainly devaluing the idea. I mean, you you are uh, um, well. Th well, think think of something serious, and 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 well, we might as well do it. We're we're all men here. If if I were to say to someone, "God damn you." Right. That's a curse. I mean, that's a that, literal. That, that is. That I am telling you, I am. I am uh, wishing that God forsake you, or and, and you know, and to just use that language somewhat haphazardly. Could you cut me off? Basically, cheapens it. Cheapen, cheapens the whole meaning of of the idea. You cut me off in traffic. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm I saying? Mean, so sure. do you deserve <laughs> eternal damnation for, mm -hmm. for that? I don't even know you. But, you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? People use it in their daily vernacular. Mm -hmm. And really, I, is that really necessary? It isn't. It isn't really. Right. But, and, you know, it's, or, or just even using, using the name Jesus as some kind of exclamation, either of, of you know, it could be a good, some good oh, or just a, of annoyance. Right. Mostly it's annoyance. Right. But, you know, you, it's, it's almost a, a common word that's, that's thrown out. I mean, that's, that's their com yes. making it a yeah. common, just a common, you know, it, it, holiness is something that's set apart. That's yes. kind of the, essentially, and and you're just removing that holiness right there. Um, even even if it's done in less than a, a, I mean, there are there are, and again, I, I'm using an example. There are people who don't like even you shouldn't say, oh God, like yeah. oh yeah. something happens, yeah. oh God, <laughs> um, or yeah. you know, and I made a joke at the beginning of the OMG, but uh, which, which could be, oh my gosh, <laughs> but right. that's that's right. one thing, Good and point. I think that's what's <clears throat> kind of. Yeah, you know, well, we were talking about bad words and such and, and, and profanity. Uh, I think there's a lot of, <laughs> in our house, there's, there's a lot of, to, there is some, a certain degree of tolerance for profanity, but not, not for taking the name of God or Jesus in, in, in vain. So right. we, can, we can get away with, with some things. Um, and uh, so that's and, and we raised we basically mm -hmm. we're trying to raise our our song whether not to not to use not to use throwaway terms like oh my god or uh, oh god or, or or things like that and and, right. and, and you know right. that's he'll say oh gosh or something like that um, you know it's it's kind of funny how um, when we get out into the world how our uh, perceptions change and I can tell you this. My life changed overnight when I went from the farm into the Navy. Into the Navy. Immediately, I was exposed to words and expressions I had never even considered. And it became commonplace. And as a matter of fact, I still don't think that it, it still isn't out of my... Well, it certainly isn't daily. Uh, what I use as far as speech, but certainly occasionally, and and <clears throat> most of the time, people they it's it's used under stress. It's rarely used uh, for exuberance. When you're happy, it, yeah. when you're yeah. happy, mm -hmm. you're 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 not happy that you're. <laughs> totally blessed and you, you, you invoke God's name, it's almost always when you're stressed, something is going against you, your plan isn't working, something like that. And then what you're, it's almost like you're invoking the Lord's name to be a lightning bolt against mm -hmm. what is against you or what is keeping you from what you had planned. The, uh, the author yeah, tells us a few things while you guys are talking about this. Before, he wants us to look at, I think, God's name in two ways. Number one, that's holy and righteous and you can deface it 
as we were saying, by using it wrongly. And he also wants us to look at the fact that in your actions, I believe he says this over and over and gives many examples, that our actions can also reflect our treatment of God's name as well. But what we do, you don't have to say something to deface God's name if your actions are very, very degrading to God. Uh, and before, before we talk about that just for a moment, I want to repeat what the author, author brings up our point several ways that we are supposed to honor God and the way he has been called and, and addressed in the Old Testament. Uh, in English, we sometimes call him Yahweh. Uh, he points out to us that when the ancient scribes were translating scripture, transcribing scripture, they were so, so concerned with the treatment of God's name and the sacredness of his name that when they went to write his, his name as Yahweh, they would fast and pray before they wrote it. In other words, when they were making transcripts or manuscripts and using his name, they would pray and fast, they would bathe themselves, and they would put on new garments. This is still before they wrote his name. <laughs> then they took new quills, or at that time dress, that would be pens today, right? They took new ones, and, and only then would they write the word Yahweh in this, in this paragraph or, or statement or sentence that they were writing. And then after they did that, they washed themselves again. They burned the pen or the quill. They burned their own clothes. And then they prayed and fasted because to say, merely pronounce his name was so holy to them and so sacred to them that they did these particular acts. Now, some of the other names we have, we have referred to God is Adonai, uh, Jehovah, Emmanuel, and this taken from Isaiah 9, 6, uh, folks, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this, mm -hmm. around Christmas we celebrate his name, we call him the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, he, told, he called himself I am. I am what I am. I am now. I, ha am, I have been and I always will be. Um, I'm the eternal father. And the Lord of lords, go ahead. In a go way, you know, I mean, God, it's, 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 it's almost a standing. I don't know, does God have a name or do we know the name? Because I am, no, I I am is, is almost a description. I am is what, I what translates as yeah. Yahweh, or Yahweh translates as I am, that I am. I am who, who always was and always will be, right. ever-changing. That's a, almost a descriptor that more than a name. And then the rest of these are, are, are character descriptors. Do we even know well, the we, name we, of God? We, I mean, I mean we, we put a, a, a word because it's, it's, a, it's an uppercase G, unlike, you know... The Herculean, the, 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 the Greek gods, or the, right. the, the, the Zeus and the, the Zeus. yeah, absolutely good. Point. Though we, we put gods, but the, you know we don't. I mean, even then, that as mm. as as some people still do today, even the 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 word God when capital G O D is is regarded as a holy or 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 we, we shouldn't say, say that in vain. But for, but yes, we, we don't even... Yeah. I mean, maybe that's probably the whole concept. God cannot be named. He cannot even he be, can't be contained. Either. We he cannot be contained yeah. in an idol. He cannot yeah. be contained yeah. in a... But we have to call word. it something. We can't yes, call, yes. We, we can't he call it infinite, so infinite just say the power. God. The God. We just try the God. It's, it's Deus. I, yeah, it's for, <laughs> it, it's for us. 
it's for us to be able to wrap our mind around the concept. And to what Mike was saying, I'd read somewhere previously that when the scribes, when they would make a mistake on one of the mm-hmm. scrolls, they didn't do like we do, uh, well, on a computer with just backspace and start over, <laughs> or on a typewriter, pull the piece of paper out and wad it up. They actually took that scroll and they buried it, almost as if it was a living, breathing piece of scripture. Okay, and which I, which I thought was was pretty incredible uh, that they did that. And you know, the thing about the name is, uh, and what we went through in this lesson, I, I'm kind of the king of nicknames. I like I like considering you, Steve, the gambler, because I just think that's just kind of cool. Even though that I'm, I'd be terrible, I, I just don't. I I'd be called the loser, you know, or fresh meat uh, if I was at a gambling table or something like that. And you, Mike, uh, being a prosecutor, I, I I like calling you the judge because you know you're you're into the law and everything. And to me, those are descriptive. Of your personalities and, and stuff, and like, and I and I liked this lesson when people were named, but a few years after the people were uh, were were grown, then they would change the name to what the personality of the but uh, the person was like. God changed Jacob's name to Israel, which means Prince of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the Levite name Joseph was changed to Barnabas, which means Sons of Encouragement. And I like that. And I've always kind of liked nicknames for people because it seemed like it was more descriptive than their given name. Their given name was based on what their parents wanted to either honor or maybe hoped for them or, or, or maybe to carry on a name through generations. Whereas a nickname is something somebody earned. And very many times it was in your formative years or, or it's from people that are close to you or know you or something that you did and and that way i mean it's closer it's closer to to you and and me thinking about this and us being on this faith journey it's probably a bigger issue if we do it than if someone that has no relationship to god is throwing out the name in vain. Oh, and with that, we got. Sorry about that. We have to take a hard break. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number one twenty two, and we will be right back. 
You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, W www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And with that, welcome back. This is Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And as a matter of fact, we had a pastor in here the last couple of weeks, but we locked the door, and so Larry Post is not here. <laughs> we are in me, right? <laughs> We are in the Baptist Way Press. This is our fourth lesson, and we're on the Ten Commandments. And this is the particular, it's pillars, it's what we're talking about. We're going to cover all Ten Commandments. And this is reverence for God's name. You shall not take the Lord your God, the name of, your, of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. And that's what we've been discussing here. <clears throat> Steve. I, oh, I've got a question for you. I've got okay. To make, as, and because, because you're an actor, a writer, um, there are the, you, you walk around our church, you will hear people say, I, I don't watch that television show because there is profanity in it. Or because, sure. because and, and, um, and I've, as I said before, as a writer, I, I take a little different approach. I, I work in words. I don't really think there are bad words in a sense that it's, it's wrong to use certain words. It may be impolite sometimes. It may be thoughtless. Um, but I want addressing you as, as a creative person, uh, both writer and actor, um, what do you, how do you feel about using using God's name in vain in a professional context? Writing it or playing a character, say playing that man you told me told us about from your youth. How, what do you do you how do you feel about that? Do you do that or do you feel that there's a there's a greater truth to be mined from this? I'm I'm throwing that out. <laughs> you know what? That is an excellent question. And, and, and I have two answers for that. <clears throat> As an actor, you have to commit to the role. Whatever role that, that you've decided to take on. And creatively, the director is going to tell you which way, which way to go. And to go with the script. But I can tell you this, acting is just like any other business. You have a certain talent for it. If you get if you start telling people no, you will not get asked. So you start rejecting and putting limits on what you're willing to do. You probably you'll see your roles dry up. And the thing about it is with me, with my career, <clears throat> when I was in my 20s and started as an actor, I was primarily a voice actor because I'm from Michigan and I don't have an accent. And that's what got me into acting. But I would go to casting calls and I would be there with 20 other people 
going for one or two roles. Well, now I'm in my late 50s. And so I get calls because they know my talent. And vast majority of people are already in their careers by now. And they need someone that is a 50-year-old talented, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with my certain talent. And I get called in to do a role. And so that's the, and, and they know that this is something that Bill can do. This is something that he would do. Okay. So as far as being an actor, I really don't put that many necessarily limits on it. Okay. I have a feature film on Amazon called Beer and Seed, which is secular. There's nothing religious about it. And I did not write it with any profanity in it, okay? But there are certain moments where there has to be drama. And in order, this one particular actor, we could not get any emotion or drama out of him unless he was being vulgar. That was the only way we could bring it out of him. It wasn't in the script. I didn't, we, we didn't have an option, and I was talking with a cinematographer, and because we were kind of co-directing it, and there was just no other way, like, just like my mother said, profanity is the forceful way that a weak mind expresses itself, and this guy was a prime example of that. Well, so he we, or the character, or both? I wrote, I, <laughs> I, I wrote it. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't bring it out unless Mm -hmm. he did that. And so we pretty much had to go with it. And now, I've done a fair amount of stand-up and host duties and stuff around stand-up. There's two ways to get funny, to get laughs. And you have to, in stand-up, the goal is to get a laugh Every 20 seconds, you want three laughs per minute that you're on stage, okay? Two ways you can get it. You can get it by actually being funny, or you can get the nervous laugh. The nervous laugh you can get by being vulgar, because you're being vulgar on stage, you're blue on stage, and people will laugh nervously but it's not a genuine funny laugh. It's a laugh because you have made them uncomfortable. Okay? So that's why when you go, and that has been, I don't want to say the death of comedy, but that is is what has made the live shows, the attendance dwindle. Because it's not clever or creative. Anybody can do that. They can get up on stage and swear and make people uncomfortable. But is that clever? Is it creative? Only, I is think that's, a, that's a really hard tell. Only, I think only a, f- a few comedians could do that well. I think everybody wants to do it, I think. Right. And that's the, that's the problem. I think, well, because obviously, Lenny Bruce could do it to a point. But by the end of his career, it wasn't funny anymore. Um, George Carlin, I think, always did it very well. Um, he mixed in being clever. 
yes, with and, it. And, 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 and having a point. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, well, by, well yeah, I, I wanted to hear more your opinion than mine. Right. Uh, right. Spending. Cool. <laughs> And, and but and also though you're seeing that I mean I have a I have a rap song out I you know I do uh, uh, spoken word poetry uh, to music because you know being a DJ I, you know I like it uh, my stuff is clever uh, and it's funny and it has edge but it's clean and I've done showcases and I've done events where I've been the only one that is clean. And I mean, I'm I, I'm the oldest one out there doing it too, but but it has invaded our society to the point to where the only way that you can be forceful is by being vulgar and and invoking the Lord's name in vain is almost as if it's the ultimate mm-hmm. vulgarity. Out there, out there now. The thing, only thing I'd like to mention, practicality. That to me, I, I mentioned earlier that that between saying the Lord's name in vain and our actions, uh, I would like to ask you folks who are listening, and our, as well as ourselves, and that's simply how important is a person's name? And and then of course we'll end up referring back to God's name. And and my question to you folks, as you're listening, is. Uh, what do you think? What comes to your mind when I say Donald Trump? I'm not asking you to answer. I'm just saying, I'm asking that question. Next one would be Hillary Clinton. What comes to your mind? Um, in our case, our pastor is Taylor Sandlin. Those people in our congregation, what comes to your mind? Uh, Michael Cropper, Bill Cox, Steve Titch. Um, what about your wife's name? What comes to your mind whenever you say your wife's name? Your mother. Your dad, your grandfather. Bill has explained many, many examples in the past of how he has a great deal of respect for his grandfather and his dad. And, of course, his mom tonight. He shared that with us. Uh, Or an uncle or an aunt to you folks. Or when we say the word Jesus, or as you've said tonight, God, does it make you smile? Does it make you laugh? Does it make you cry? Do you get angry? when you say different people's names or the name of God or Jesus? Does it put on your heart? Does it make you get quiet and reverential, I guess, respect for the Lord? As we stated earlier, the other names of God, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Does it make you, does it bring love to your emotions? Does it bring respect to you? And, and what I want to end up in saying is, is, do the things you do today do they honor God? Do, do they place Him in such a high reverence that people actually see this with your actions? Because again, as I mentioned, the, the author of this lesson wants us to equate reverencing God with what we do in our actions and practical actions and practical ways. That is amazing that you brought that up because when you were reading the list, I mean, I had emotions come up on basically everybody that you that you were talking about. I was thinking about my grandfather, my dad, Donald Trump, Hillary. I, you know, I was, and all of it created emotion. And even when you brought the various names of God up, God 
is almost like a daily, is like uh, a pair of blue jeans name for me. Uh, my, my standard relationship. But when you said Emmanuel, it reminded me of Christmas. That's the only, you know what I'm saying? It's the only time I think of that name. I almost got chills. I was thinking about all the decorations and the warm feeling and the manger and, and everything. That is amazing. I mean, we, we are like Pavlov's dogs. That no, Emmanuel is the same thing to me. I think of Christmas. That's what yeah. Emmanuel. That, um, is, that was awesome. That was, yeah, and, and, and there's so many things. A, a name is a big deal. Exactly. A name is a big deal. Yeah. When I named my son, I named him after my dad and my grandpa. And when I say his name, not only do I think of him, but I think of them both. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. And yeah. I think, and so when you brought up that list, I, I, when, you, when I say Yahweh, which I never say, it's, it, it's historical reference. Mm-hmm. It, it's like I'm going back in history, the origin of God. Yeah, when actually always- God is all, I mean, it always has been, but when you say Yahweh, I think, okay, now I'm putting on my 2,000-year-old my suit and going back in time. Yeah. And then, Emmanuel, I'm going to Christmas. <laughs> and we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. I, I agree. The, the name of God, which we're saying right now, is everything, everywhere and everything, if we'll stop and realize that and how we treat it and everything. Just like you said, the motions that are tied with that, your son, your family. I named my daughter Holly after the Holly plant for Christmas. Ooh. My son is Christopher because I didn't want to say Christ, obviously named that. But Christopher, Christopher, we love Christmas. And I can't tell you why I named Kimberly Kimberly because right. I didn't relate to Christmas. But right. there are all sorts of things that, that we tie in and, and we can overlook if we get so wrapped up in life that we forget the importance of our own names and our and in God's name and uh, uh, yeah. everything we live for, I guess, in our work, everything. So, if we just talk about this, like you said, Bill, with these just these names, mother, dad, grandpa, everything like that, then then we have to realize that God is so far above these because all of us place our lives in His hands. Your grand, your mother, your grandparents, our whole families trust in Him totally. And who he is, he is our goal, he is our everything, everything. So his mm-hmm. name is not just God, Yahweh, Jehovah, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is our entire life if we believe in him and trust him. And we're coming down to the end of, this is podcast number 122, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. I'm going to go around the room one more time and get a uh, one final word, one final comment. Uh, from the fellas, and uh, start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch for your takeaway. Well, I, I am with the, Michael did a great, great wrap up. I, I can only say we uh, should be doing everything, everything that we do, we should be doing in the name of the Lord, truly in the name of the Lord, uh, in a way that honors it. And of course, we're down here in the muck and the sin, and we doubt it doesn't always happen, but. Part of the way we honor the name of the Lord is how we 
how we live it, how we live our faith, how we, how we present, how we represent ourselves as, uh, as people of Christ. Um, we have proclaimed that we have individually turned our lives over to God, uh, and we need to remember that because if you you you. You're, you're less than that, you are in some ways taking the Lord's name in vain. You're, you're not honoring that name. Yeah. Excellent. Judge. All right. The, um, when, I think, when I think of your name, Bill, I think of Steve's name, I think a great deal of respect comes all over me. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Mm-hmm. At least to me it is very important. Um, and how much greater is God? The author of our, our lesson points out a couple things that we should do. And he says, uh, uh, these things you should do if you walk humbly with God. And, and it's in page 49 of our book. And he says, what does the Lord require of us but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with the Lord our God? And that's from the Old Testament book, Micah, in 6.8. And then also... Luke 4, 18 through 19 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then finally, the final thing that we should be doing uh, that will honor God and honor his name is to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself sustained, pardon me, unstained by the world. Folks, those are three things that the Bible tells us to do to honor God. But just keep in mind your own name and your own family. I start first with my family. I hope I have not done anything that would dishonor their name. Because if I have, then the ultimate that will dishonor God. And that, that was great. Um, names. Names are important. And think about it. Think about what you're actually doing when you invoke name. And with that, this is Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Voices for Men. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up, a website which is at ManUpSpiritualOasis.com. And we're also on iHeartRadio. So if you have a uh, question or comment, go ahead and post it on our Facebook page and we'll be more than happy to uh, include that in our next podcast. I want to encourage each and every one of you that if you're ever in the uh, Houston area, come on out to Sugarland and uh, join our Man Up uh, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or, or just come and worship with us here at Sugarland Baptist Church. <clears throat> and we want to encourage you to find a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Go. Get involved. Find an ABF or Sunday school. And find that one that is meant only so you can have this kind of discussions. Discussions that you can't have anywhere else. <clears throat> and if there isn't one, star one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. you want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.